eventually I rather change something in the real world rather than that I would pretend on the stage I am people who change the world. This is for Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza. This is for the child that is searching for an answer. Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter. Hello and welcome by this podcast made by Radiate Radio in collaboration with Humans of IS, where we will give a platform to our fellow students to tell their personal stories. This podcast will be an elaboration of the interviews conducted by Humans of IS. So if you want to check those interviews out, please go to their Instagram page, Humans of IS, or click the link in the description box. My name is Spirla, and I will be one of your hosts for this podcast. I'm in the studio now with... With me, my name is Diefertje. And our guest for this episode will be Evalin. Okay, so I'm Evalin. I'm 21 years old. I am from the Netherlands. And, uh, well, I'm doing international studies, obviously. And I'm in my third year doing Middle East with Arabic. Um, so, yeah. And... I think what is good for this episode to say is that I'm part of uh, Students for Palestine and I'm quite active in that uh, aspect. It was about two years, years ago uh, that we decided to start brainstorming to do something more for Palestine, what was happening. Also because uh, the Israeli occupation wanted to further annex the West Bank. And we're like, <laughs> we're done with this, you know, we want to do more than sending petitions. And someone mentioned that and then I was like, yeah, I agree. And from that on, it kind of started developing, like, what can we do? And eventually that turned out to Students for Palestine. But at the start, I was mostly just listening. I was present, ready to help, learning. Um, and I think, like, since a year, half a year, like, especially half a year, I'm, like, very active now. But beforehand, it was more, like, a silent support. As in, I do stuff, but you have to tell me the hows and whats and, yeah, looking up information. I think we all have seen that we do from time to time a panel discussion. <laughs> and uh, yeah, besides that, uh, we've done protests. Uh, we did Israeli Apartheid Week, uh, in which we also had like a Dabka workshop, film screenings. Um, yeah, we, we put uh, an, a checkpoint uh, in the center, but also on uh, Liberation Day Festival, we helped there uh, with the checkpoint. Um, and yeah, like sometimes also from time to time, we like collaborate a bit with other groups. Uh, so for example, we had quite recently, uh, there was a concert in which some individuals of us, we helped there, um, because the IOF, uh, or at least that's how I call it, Israeli occupation forces, they have their official orchestra, orchestra, I think it is in English. <laughs> the official orchestra that came to the Netherlands uh, to perform. And we were like, nah, man, like seeing what's happening in Palestine and how they like, how they're, they oppress and there's apartheid. And I think we all have seen what happened also recently with Shireen. We're like, we're not gonna have that in the Netherlands, like performing as if it's all fine and good and sort of art washing actually. So we decided to make a point out of it and uh, what we did is like there was a little protest going on outside um, but some of us had tickets and we went inside 
and uh, throughout uh, the performing, we stood up. Uh, we had smuggled flags in our clothes and everything, and uh, yeah, we we stood up. We made our point, which we did not have much time for because the security was very like very good in that regard. <laughs> so we were very soon uh, outside again. Um, but yeah, we we were there like to in like actually a quite peaceful manner to say like, hey, this is going on. You cannot do this, you know. Um, yeah, so I think it, it was quite a broad audience, which is also why we tried to keep it, like why we could get in, I think, and also to keep it as, you know, as peaceful as possible because we don't want problems. We want to make our point. I have an acting background, like I think until I was proper 17, I was like, I'm going to go to the Academy of Performing Arts. Um, and then I changed my mind because I started doubting because I wanted it since I was like 10 years old. So I was like, is this something I really want or is it something I think I want? Because it's always been that way. So I started thinking and doing this and that. Um, and in everything, I saw the pattern that I was like very like interested in politics. In that regard, it's interesting because we kind of talked about it as well uh, about like a year ago and now how that related with acting and then uh, yeah. what I do now and I think indeed that's as we discussed uh, a very good like point where things came together from me wanting to stand on a stage to be going <laughs> into an uh, yeah concert where I knew I was like probably not wanted you know so we were like okay do we get inside so you know trying to dress up as least suspicious as possible like acting along I think I figured that eventually I rather change something in the real world rather than that I would pretend on the stage I am people who change the world because in the end that already happened and then I see things around me and I'm like this needs to be changed um, so I decided to change course in that direction also because I saw the pattern that all the time when it was acting and I was like really involved in it and really interested, it always uh, was about so society and uh, inequality and issues that played along. And if it was not about that, I, well, I, I could lose interest a bit more quickly. And I was like, okay, if this, if this is the case, I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm going to change direction. It also depends on who you are as a person, obviously, like, What's your approach to change it? I, I'm more of like an active, direct person. So I think that eventually was for me the reason, like, I'm going to do it directly. You know, I'm going to change it. But theater as well, it really gets a message across if yeah. it's done well. It's incredibly important too, because I think, for example, if I think back at that, how I came here as well, you know, there have been plays or movies or whatsoever that I've seen that inspired, that were very important and that I took along like a lesson from. Like we sometimes make this joke, uh, like, oh, you know, like Eveline got acting classes, got into theater, how bad can it be? And that I ended up as the person I am now as an activist and all, because obviously I, I know like I had this one play called Hair, which is about the 70s and a group that got really active and against like the system. So that's sometimes also the joke that's passed along, like, yeah, we thought it was just a play, but looking back, <laughs> it might have done a bit more than that. Um, and there have been, like, several plays like that, you know. 
Like, for example, we have uh, the play that's already more than 10 years in the Netherlands. It's called Soldier of Orange. You uh, from Oranje. Yes. And there was this, like, one sentence, which sounds maybe a bit dramatic now to say, but it's like, um, if we don't do anything, then who does, you know? Actually giving more agency. Like, you can be like, oh, but others will do it, and it's further from me. Or you're like, I can do it myself as well. Um, and I think that's like one sentence that also really stuck with me. Like, okay, mm. you have some responsibility in a way. And I think, for example, for a bigger audience to reach them, especially me, like my background is quite Dutch. You know, I lived 12 years in Friesland. Uh, to reach certain people, that might actually be the bridge that you need in a way sometimes. Mm. Then uh, I started this study actually thinking like I'm going to be a diplomat. Then throughout the study, I figured out that I sometimes or most of the time quite disagreed with foreign policy of the Netherlands, especially as doing the Middle East. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And I'm, I realized I would be a horrible diplomat. And from there on, I went more and more into activism. And I think... It helps that I have an acting background because I'm used to talk, except that for now it's really like world or society matters. And I'm like, okay, I need to be sure that I don't say anything stupid. Um, but that I'm used to talking in public and I am used to having eyes on me and I'm used to giving my clear opinion. Like I did a lot of debating as well, which also have like, how do you stand with your body how do you talk um etc etc and i think that really helps in with my acting background but next to that like smuggling myself into a concert where i know i'm not <laughs> supposed to be from their perspective <laughs> it can be handy as well <laughs> uh so yeah or the checkpoint we had like both times i was uh, i pretended to be an iof soldier like interrogating after which several friends said to me like you're suspiciously good at this and I'm like I have a theater background you know that's it <laughs> that's it it's not that I'm actually a spy or something the worst thing on stage that usually could happen to me is that if I forgot my text I start improvising and usually it was not like a big deal but in this regard like I care a lot and I know that if you say something wrong or it gets misinterpreted, it can potentially do harm. And I don't want that, obviously. I want to be understood well. Uh, now I'm a person that talks quickly and a lot uh, sometimes uh, before thinking. So it helped in like thinking a bit more before I say something uh, to be sure that it, the message comes over as it's supposed to be. I, I know that what I say can have consequences. Mm. And it's not just on a play that people are afterwards like, oh, that was a bit awkward for you. You know, yes. like it's it's like, I know, like I, I don't know where this will end up. This is about stuff you really see happening and it's happening right now. And, you know, people related to it. Uh, so if something happens, it's real life what you see. And obviously, like acting, it can it can be based on real life. But usually it already happened or it's made up. So you have still this buffer between it. Um, and now I know like there, there is no buffer. Yeah, the only buffer there is, is that I'm Dutch. Uh, and in that regard, I grew up in Friesland, you know. So in my personal life, it has a bit less direct consequences. But I see it happening around me. 
at the stage it was always this trick because you need to show some emotion <laughs> to get the get it across. But then there was this trick that we did, like you cannot come back each time with like actual emotions because you will get drained. So what you did is you know what muscles in your body are like more on the tension with a certain emotion. So what I did, I you know, you get tension in those muscles and your body almost reacts in a natural way to that emotion. So without going in a psychological way really back to a moment or something, it's just your body that reacts, which makes it easier to like keep up with it. But with actions here each time, you cannot do that, you know? <laughs> it's always there. Like your the action you do is directly related to an emotion. It's directly related to something that's happening. Um, so it's not just that, you know, muscles you like physical that you do and then you get the emotion across, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's like it, it it is there. Um so in that regard it takes a bit more sometimes, obviously. I try to take a step back, you know, like just perceive it as how it is and I'll think about it later. That helps, but it's yeah. It's a bit more. But it's also therefore, I think, more rewarding if something succeeds and the connections you make with people are on a deeper level because you're kind of all together in it. So it's, it has both sides. It's not just like, oh my, this is so heavy. It's, it's very rewarding at the same time as well mm. because you get these deep connections and you do something you're passionate about. You do something from an ideology and to change eventually something. And that's that's worth it, you know, everything. Even if it's super small what you change. Mm -hmm. I think um I think the moment after Israeli apartheid week, um very rewarding. We were very tired <laughs> because we had a whole week after, like we had a whole week and then there was the whole thing about panel discussion as well. Um but I think when we were done with that you know, there was this realization of we brought Israeli Pilot Week back to the Netherlands and I believe bigger than it has ever been. And we got a lot of media attention. Uh, people talked about it. Uh, even parliamentary questions were not exactly about week, but even the topic Palestine reached uh, like the government. So in that regard, it was the feeling of like... People are talking about it. We reached our goal uh, and this might open things up for new things. That was like a big moment, but you also have smaller moments, like after protests when everything went all right uh, and everyone was positive and you made some new uh, contacts, etc. That's, that's also there. You have society and... As I grew up, it is kind of given, you know, this is it. And within these borders, you might be able to change things. The idea of for how far you can change things and that the society is eventually entirely man-made. I think we all know, uh, imagine communities by now. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps haunting us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> in that regard, it's kind of funny because I think the study really helped me in realizing, like, it is entirely man-made, so that or human-made. Um, so that from that perspective, we can also change it entirely towards a better thing. And obviously, as one person, you only can go as far as you can. But if everyone together decides, like we're gonna change something, we can. You know, it's but people need to realize eventually. 
as I told, like told at the start, how it kind of started with like we want to do it more than uh, just signing petitions and watching and being like, oh, this is bad, <laughs> you know. Like we wanted to do more, and I think in that regard it helped that I did Middle East uh, because before I started my study, you know, I knew something was going on, but in the Netherlands it's very framed as like this conflict that's too difficult to understand. If you dive a bit deeper into it, it's not that hard to understand what is happening. But yeah, I got like several lectures on it uh, that gave for me a very clear view. Like what is happening is ridiculous. Uh, I don't know why the Dutch media frames it the way it does. Uh, like recently we also had like a vigil for that at uh, where, well, Hilversum where all of the media is located. Um, if that's your media, obviously you're gonna not know that much. But yeah, then we had those lectures uh, in the study and I was like, okay, this is bad and we need to do something about it. And at the start, I was still very like in the background of it because I knew like this is the site I wanna be on, but I must learn more. Like I had the passive knowledge, I knew what was going on, but I could not actively produce it. Uh, yeah, because there's just a lot and a lot of facts, especially if you get like counter arguments, you need to be able to, you know, receive them and talk back without being like, I read this somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but I know I read it somewhere. You know, that's not the best way to start a debate. Um, but yeah, I think that made that eventually I continued further and further. I was like, I do actually have more knowledge about this than about uh, quite some other struggles. And I started with the organization and I got deeper involved. I got friends who are also very connected to it. And that made that, you know, you get the knowledge about it that you need to have together with, you know, emotionally being attached to the struggle as well. Besides that, it's it's such a thing like intersectionality is very important, I would say, in this as well, because eventually, like, if you look at underlying structures, you see colonialism, you see imperialism, uh, patriarchy uh, as well as climate change uh, and all of it that racism apartheid although that's yeah uh, and eventually it all comes together and you see that in many 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 struggles um, so I think that's also why it comes so close that there's a lot to be seen there and a lot to be fixed and I think and that's my like view in that regard that if we get further and further to like liberation and all of it, um, that it might also give an opening to other struggles or if other struggles have an opening, it gives an opening to Palestine. Um, so yeah, I think that made it eventually all together that I was like, yeah, I'm gonna put all my energy in here. <laughs> um, yeah, and see what I can do because eventually you learn a lot. I think I learned in my activism almost more than in my entire study. It, it's more practical. Maybe that's it. Like, it's very different. Without the study... Different knowledge. Maybe skills? Skills more and how to frame it and how to go for it. In that regard, thanks to international studies, because without it, I would not have been where I am right now. Palestine, I think it's going to be a long life commitment for me. Hopefully the majority of it being like less an activist way because I do hope it's going to be free, you know. Um, but I think it will be a long life commitment, whether it's free or not, you know, like it's it's hard to say maybe after a year, but 
I don't see myself going away from it that soon. Um, and then besides that, yeah, next to that, what do I want for the future? I'm still a bit figuring it out. I would love, like, love to go into journalism, mm. uh, research journalism, documentaries in a way, uh, and travel internationally for that. Because I just want to travel, hear people's stories and, you know, give it to a wider audience if they want. Sometimes, you know, in my own time, I'm at center front of a mirror doing like things. And I'm like, okay, nobody can see me. <laughs> Perfect. Sometimes I do miss like the singing or something, you know, because I'm not going to sing in my student house where I know like the entire house, probably also the neighbors next door, maybe the one door further can hear it. I'm like, ah, no, thanks. But then soon I'm on a stage or I get to play a role, you know, I realize that sometimes I miss it. Because I think I sometimes forget how much I loved it in that regard. Mm -hmm. But if it comes to like the surroundings and the people and all of it, I think eventually I feel more comfortable into Students for Palestine because you're all working for the same outcome and every contribution is, you know, wanted. It's not either or, like it's uh, accumulative, right? That's the word. Whereas in theater, it was really competitive often you know like you have one role and only this number of people can do it it's like who's the best dancer yeah. who's the best actor who's the best singer uh everyone wants to have the spotlight uh, per se because that's eventually most people who are in that they really like yeah. to be on stage so in that regard i think it's more inclusive um and it's more towards a cause like the end product you could almost say rather than your own contribution in it do you think you still want to be in the spotlight? Way less. <laughs> As in, when I was in theater, yes, obviously. Um, what I would say about that is what has changed is that in theater, it kind of feels like it's about you, like it's about me as well, what I'm doing. And with Palestine, it's not about me, mm -hmm. not at all. It's about Palestine and, you know, uh, having uh, it in a way we want and a free Palestine. So in that regard, I would say I'm way less fond of the spotlight because I know the consequences that can be there. I'm constantly thinking, can I say this? Can I not say this? How will this be received? How is this beneficial uh, to the cause? Um, so yeah, that's, that's very different in that regard. And it's also that I'm like, I'm not the person that should speak peak necessarily you know like i'm i'm way less in, in the line I'll, I'll speak if it's beneficial and no one else wants to who would be way more mm -hmm. fitted who would be fitted then like uh, oh, i would say in that regard it's about palestine so if you're palestinian yeah. obviously um or if you're also from like a similar um struggle uh or in that regard if you're a voice that's less heard, yes, it's not up to me. If I want a stage, I get a stage like this, you know? Um, but that's not always there. Like the system likes my voice, I could almost say. Well, increasingly a bit less, I think, but still it's more welcoming to me. Um, so that's the reason why I should not take the stage mm -hmm. unless the people around me are like, no, I don't want or please go, you know, yeah. this is good for you. And I think that's also part of personal development, you know, like not taking your own legitimacy and your own value out of how much the world knows that you're doing it, but rather from like 
what am I doing? What am I contributing to this world? And even if you know you're entirely forgotten, what do you, what have you left behind? 